Let's get going here on a Wednesday edition, Steelman and Thune. We are here in the Brown O'Haver Studios today on a uh, overcast. Going to be drizzly, a little bit uh, rainy later on today here in lovely Norman, Oklahoma, God's country. How we doing on this Wednesday? Hope you are good. Uh, we were just talking about the uh, portal, Parker Thune. I was talking to Tyler McComas, and uh, it's it's always fun now. Even though the portal may completely destroy college football down the road, who knows what kind of path we're taking right now. It might, it might be one that leads to the, uh, the old Megadeth song, The Symphony of Destruction. But we just don't know. But in the meantime, for us, it provides some really good material. It's kind of like fans are getting new Christmas presents, right? Like Deshaun Thomas would be a great new Christmas present for Sooner fans to unwrap, right? Who's that? Deshaun McCullough. I'm sorry, my bad. Deshaun McCullough, uh, the linebacker from Indiana. I don't know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, would, right wouldn't he be that the would nicest be, of Christmas presents? I mean, that's presents. like that uh, when you're a kid and back in my day, you got like a brand new uh, gaming system, right, under the tree. And then what about uh, Dorian Singer? That would be a great gift for Sooner fans, right? That's the BB gun from A Christmas Story right there. There you go. Just don't shoot your eye out, Ralphie. But uh, Sooner fans, it's kind of like that anticipation of, you know, what's going to happen with uh, these these new guys who are going to visit. You think the McCulloughs are pretty much uh, not necessarily a 100% done deal, but headed in that direction, right? It is very much headed in that direction. And I have dropped crystal balls mm-hmm. in reflection yep. of that belief. I've seen those. Everybody is aware of your balls at all times who follow Sooner football, which is kind of frightening, by the way. But, uh, yes, we have seen those. So, uh, again, in the portal right now, still have the Sooners at 15. Uh, You know, we talk about Theo Weiss and Nick Evers and Ralph Rucker, Bryson Washington, Jordan Mukes, Joshua Eaton, Kendall Dennis, Alton Tarber, Bray Walker, Joseph Wete, Kevontae Henry, Clayton Smith, Brian Darby, Trayvon West, and Cedric Roberts. Now, Let's talk about, again, potential players that could end up at Oklahoma. And we talked about Deshaun McCullough, the Indiana linebacker, who uh, appears like he's coming to the University of Oklahoma along with his younger brother, Day, the safety out of uh, the state of Indiana. And we have confirmed that it is Day. Yes, we did. We Via did. award-winning journalism. Well, we try here. We try. So we think the McCulloughs will be at Oklahoma. Uh, we think that Austin Stogner is going to be at Oklahoma. Other names out there, Dorian Singer, the wide receiver from Arizona. Now, Javion Cohen, the O-lineman from Alabama, right? We also had Kyrie Jackson, defensive back from Alabama, as a potential prospect for Oklahoma. Caleb Banks, edge rusher from Louisville. Uh, you talked about Justin Flo, the linebacker from Oregon. Philip Webb, the linebacker from LSU. Uh, we have gone, you know, Miles Slusher, Braylon Presley, Mason Cobb, uh, Trace Ford, Dante Cephas, uh, Ra Ra Thomas, the wide receiver out of Mississippi State. Anybody else we need to list uh, on put on that list as potential prospects for OU? I will throw one more at you. Offensive lineman from Auburn. Okay. Former class of 2019 blue chip prospect, top 150 overall player in the country. Keandre Jones. Keandre Jones. That is a name to know on the offensive line for Oklahoma. And here's what I expect. Oklahoma, as of right now, is actively recruiting the top junior college offensive lineman in the country, Keyshawn Blackstock. If Keyshawn Blackstock ends up a Sooner, 
I expect that Oklahoma will take one additional offensive lineman via the portal. If Keyshawn Blackstock does not end up a Sooner, my expectation would be the Sooners double dip in the portal and bring in two transfer offensive linemen. Okay, if you've got a wish list, Parker Thune, right now, and uh, let's say that, uh, you know, Deshaun McCullough is coming and Austin Stogner are coming to Oklahoma because we think that's going to happen. And obviously, Dave McCullough thrown in the younger brother of uh, Deshaun McCullough, the Indiana linebacker. So let's say, again, we're talking about prospects coming through the portal. We take out the older McCullough, we take out Austin Stogner. What does your wish list look like? Like your top five. Let's say, you know, Parker, you can you can name five more prospects that you really want to be at Oklahoma and come through the portal and uh, become Oklahoma Sooners. Who would those top five be on all these names that we've talked about? I think at the top of the wish list has to be Deshaun McCullough. And okay, he's I, out. We t- we're taking him out and we're taking Stogner out. Yeah. Because we think they're going to be – Okay. That's going to happen. Okay. So, whew. I would say Justin Flo. Okay. Justin Flo is certainly at the top of the list. Linebacker from Oregon. Javion Cohen, number two. Old lineman, Alabama. In my mind. Huh. Singer? Dorian Singer would probably be three. Dorian just Singer? Because he, and he's a really good receiver. He's a really good receiver. Wide receiver from Arizona. But I don't think wide receiver is at the top of the priority list for Oklahoma. Uh, number four, maybe this is my personal affinity for the kid. Uh, clouding my judgment, but man, I would love to see Braylon Presley in an Oklahoma uniform. Boy, would I love to see that. Um, at number five, give me, you know what, at number five, give me Kevin Swint. Kevin Swint, transfer linebacker from the Clemson Tigers. I think it's a, I think it's a push between him and Fred Davis. Defensive back, also from Clemson. Two guys that I can foresee following Brent Venables to Oklahoma. Okay, so your wish list of five other guys, and again, we're throwing out Deshaun McCullough, the Indiana linebacker. We're throwing out Austin Stogner because we basically think those things are going to happen. So you have Dorian Singer, wide receiver from Arizona, Javion Cohen, O-lineman, Alabama, Justin Flo, linebacker from Oregon, uh, Braylon Presley, obviously the receiver from Oklahoma State, and Kevin Swint, the linebacker from Clemson. Now, again, these are all like, you know, as kids, we all have these presents. You know what? I want a brand-new car. Some of them you're not going to get. You hope to get a really good present. You hope to get a couple, and then you're going to get your socks and underwear and all that stuff. But uh, how many of these do you think are realistic from Singer, Cohen, Flo, Kevin Swint and Braylon Presley. How many do you think are re- really solid, you know, potential gets for Oklahoma? Uh, in order of likelihood, here's how I'd rank them. All right. Braylon Presley at one. Okay. Javion Cohen at two. Kevin Swint, three. Javion Cohen, four. Justin Flo, five. That sounds like a pretty good situation for OU. Pretty good situation, no doubt about it. So, uh, again, we are just awaiting, uh, you know, the portal today. It's been kind of quiet. Sooners, uh, again, at 15. But uh, which guys are coming through the portal to Oklahoma is what we're looking at. What are you hearing on the Braylon Presley situation? What I'm hearing 
Is that well? And Travis Davidson discussed this on air yesterday on the rush with Tyler McComas. But Braylon's begun to hear from several schools in the portal, which uh, you'd tend to expect, being a guy that did as much at the high school level as he did, and being only one year removed uh, from all that he accomplished and all that he uh, did up at Bixby High School. Uh, he started to hear from plenty of schools in the portal, but. Oklahoma is where he wants to be. I don't think that's any particular secret. And I know that there has been some mutual interest there. There has there have been conversations had over the last 24 hours between Braylon Presley and Oklahoma. And the specifics and the exact details of those conversations, I'm not as clear on right now. But here's what I do know. If there is a spot for Braylon Presley at Oklahoma, he will be at Oklahoma. And as you heard Travis mention a couple days ago as well on the air, Braylon's a guy that Brent Venables reached out to before he signed with Oklahoma State and said, hey, you always got a home at Oklahoma if you need one. So as long as the Oklahoma staff holds true to their word, I expect there to be a spot at OU for Braylon. And assuming there is a spot at OU, I think the kid's a Sooner. Yeah, interesting in the 405. By the way, we're, we're getting a text that Josh Ellison just hit the portal. Which he did. Okay, so that's 16 now for Oklahoma. Uh, I was just going to ask you the same question. Nice job, 405. Uh, how similar are Gavin Freeman and Braylon Presley? No, they're different players. They're different players. How so? Um, Freeman, how do I – how do I adequately encapsulate this? Freeman is more quick and shifty than just straight up fast. Braylon Presley is fast. And moreover, I think they're two different kinds of elusive. The word I've repeatedly used to describe Braylon Presley is slippery. right? And for Gavin Freeman, despite his relatively small size, he's only about 5'9", that's a true wide receiver. That's what he is. He's a wide receiver. Braylon Presley is a Swiss Army knife. He is a guy that you can put in the backfield. You can line him up wide. You can put him in the slot. You just get the ball in his hands, man, and he makes stuff happen. And so while Ga- while I see Gavin Freeman long-term as more that true slot receiver for Oklahoma. A Drake Stoops type. Yeah, what Drake Stoops has been. I'm trying to think of uh, prominent slot guys for Oklahoma in the past. I guess Michael Jones for a minute. Um, Miles Tease was kind of that guy briefly. Uh, but Drake Stoops has been the consummate slot guy for OU over the past few years, and I expect Gavin Freeman to be next in line for duty there. Braylon Presley is a guy that you're uh, – and somebody made the perfect analogy on the text line or the perfect comparison, the perfect parallel the other day. He's Tavon Austin. In Oklahoma's offense. I like that. And we you talked get, about, you know, the, the, when the Sooners had Ray League Brown and uh, Ray League Brown ends up transferring, obviously to go with Muleshoe at USC, that a lot of people were saying, you know, there's another Ray League Brown right here in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, yes, and there is. And it's Braylon Presley. Yeah, and somebody asked, is Presley kind of a Tyreek Hill light? I mean, I don't think it's fair to put really anybody in the same category as Tyreek Hill because there's only one of that dude. But again, the comparison that I would make is I think he's a Tavon Austin-esque type of weapon that can be deployed in Oklahoma's offense, meaning you give him 10 to 12 touches a game, 
And that includes some rushes. That includes some jet sweeps. That includes some bubble screens. Just get him in space, and he's going to make stuff happen. Hate to make this comparison, but Presley is similar to Rayleigh Brown, which is why Tebow never offered. Well, yeah, uh, we, we had talked about that in the past. Somebody asked, is Oklahoma going after Clemson a defensive back Fred Davis? We did talk yes. about that. Parker said yes. That is happening, as well as uh, Kevin Swint, the linebacker from Clemson. All right, uh, that's your first segment. A lot more on the portal on the way. We're going to talk with John Shin, covering the Sooners for the Athletic, coming up at 135. We'll get his thoughts on the portal and what's going on at OU. Joshua Ellison, Josh Ellison, is in the portal for the Sooners. That means 16 Oklahoma Sooners now in the portal. Thank you to Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour here on The Ref. Steelman and Thune, Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company. They'll do big-time work for you. You need that furnace tuned up right now? Of course you do. 405-579-3113. We'll talk a little more football, get all your texts in. Coming up next, right here on The Ref. We are back. It is a Wednesday. I'm Mike Steely. He's Parker Thune. And you are you. And thank you for being here. Thank you for always lighting up the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. You know, we do have a bowl game coming up. The Sooners in Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando at 430. A 430 kickoff. That, that'll be interesting. Uh, I was talking to Tyler before. We came on the show, and you think about uh, Oklahoma fans do not like Miami because Miami was a thorn in their side back in the 80s. In fact, the Sooners would have had probably a couple more, uh, at least one more national championship if it weren't for Miami. The Hurricanes were, were really good, man. They had those speedy linebackers and so much team speed on defense, and they could uh, handle the wishbone as good as anybody. Uh, And then Miami, of course, had a reputation for, uh, I mean, it was uh, Alonzo Highsmith who uh, called Brian Bosworth the B-word at the coin flip uh, back in another meeting between the Sooners and the Canes back in the 80s. I can still remember that uh, workmanlike win when Vinny Testaverde and company came to Norman to beat the Sooners uh, back in the 80s, and it kind of set the tone for that series. But uh, also Florida, the loss to Tim Tebow in the in the championship game, difficult. Florida State, though, not as much of a hate factor with Florida State. I don't think there's any hate factor with Florida State because Oklahoma is 6-1 and one against Florida State. Oklahoma has had a lot of success against Florida State. Uh, and you think about the first meeting when they won in the Orange Bowl, played in the, and that was relatively, I think it was like 24-7. to 7. 
Um, and then uh, you look at the next year, they had the two-point play. J.C. Watts to Forrest Valora, and they won 18-17. to But Oklahoma's had a lot of success against Florida State. They are 6-1. and one. All right, on the Zoom, uh, Sunday nights when the after the bowl matchups were announced, a Florida reporter asked for Invitables this question. He said, FSU fans want to know, how does Oklahoma go 6-6? Six and six? Uh, You can look at it however you want. There's tremendous parity in this league, excellent quarterback play. Uh, really good coaching uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, it's a very uh, challenging. To me, it's like having a good NC State team every single week. That's uh, got you know high end talent. Um, again, really disciplined, tough, physical, both sides of the ball. You know, years and years ago, the Big Twelve was known for just offense, and uh, but there's a lot of people playing really good defense as well in this conference. So we've been competitive. And we've had. Uh, all of our uh, starting players available, we've been really competitive. You know, we had four losses that came down to to one score and, and uh, the things that it takes to win, we weren't good enough to do that. Uh, but uh, I think we're good enough. When we put it all together, we can play with anybody. There you go, Brent, answering that question Sunday night. Oklahoma and Florida State coming up December 29th on a Wednesday, 4.30 in the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando. That is also our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central, man, they are expanding. They have clinics now in Norman, Midwest City, and now a brand-new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics uh, treat orthopedics and uh, sports medicine injuries. Thank you to our friends at Ortho Central. All right. Uh, Pat Jones says that uh, Presley has major ball control issues, drops and fumbles galore in practice. Hmm. Well, I, I love Coach Jones. I respect Pat Jones a lot, so maybe that's, that's an issue. But you know what? You can solve those. You can solve those. You can and- solve those, <laughs> and the talent, Parker Thune, is there. And as you said, that speed is not going to change. And what would you expect a former Oklahoma State coach to say as a kid's headed out the door, right? He's not going to say, oh, this loss hurts think- Oklahoma State, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't think Pat rolls that way, though. Um, he pretty much tells it like it is. I mean, he'll get after Oklahoma State, too. But we all wondered maybe why he didn't play a little bit more. But you know what? I'm taking a chance on uh, Braylon Presley every single time. Every time. Because I I just – I saw him. It looked like Tecmo Bowl, man, back in the days if you had Bo Jackson. I know you're too – Young to understand that reference, Parker. But he no, was like, no, no, no. I'm well acquainted with Tech Mobile, every yes. every time he touched the ball, man, he did something special, and that's what it was like watching Braylon Presley. Absolutely, in high and look, yeah, there are a thousand high school guys a year that excel at that level and then go do nothing at the collegiate level. But especially with a kid that's an in-state talent and wants to be a Sooner, right? You'd rather whiff on a guy like that. If he does end up being a whiff, and I'm not convinced he will be, but you'd rather whiff on a guy like that than some rando from a completely different state that you turned a blind eye to an in-state guy in favor of recruiting. Agreed. I concur, yes. And when a guy like Braylon Presley has done all that he has done, you will take his body of work and you'll bet on it. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. And it is what it is. You got 84 other scholarship guys on the roster that can contribute and will. There you go. Uh, from the 580, Pat Jones, noted OU hater. I mean, he'll I mean, he'll get after OU a little bit, but I've heard him get after everybody else as well. So I, you're not going to change my opinion on Pat. I love Pat. Always have, and I, I just think um, 
I don't know. He's always been a character, and I've always liked his commentary. So, uh, you want to just hit this Air Comfort Solutions text line? Let's go right ahead. Lots of folks asking about Trace Ford, and yeah, look, there's there's some substance behind the Trace Ford to OU buzz. Pay attention to that. Uh, Somebody asked, "What is next for Bevel? No portal. He can't stay at OU, right? Please tell me OU won't keep a spot for this guy, right?" I mean, look, we. We're all on the same page about Davis Bevel, right? I I think we all – I don't think anybody is going to sit here and say, oh, Davis Bevel didn't get a fair shake because we all got the chance to see, A, how much faith the coaching staff had in Davis Bevel and, B, how effective Davis Bevel was when he was taking the snaps. But then again, that guy's only got one year of eligibility left. He's only going to take up a scholarship spot for one more year. And so – when you know you have Dylan Gabriel coming back, you know you have Jackson Arnold waiting in the wings, and you know you got the booty as well. I mean, are you really going to push Davis Bevel out the door in favor of another fourth-string quarterback? Does it really make that much of a difference? You're splitting hairs at that point, and the odds are Davis Bevel never takes another regular season snap at Oklahoma – it feels like that's the type of guy where you're content to just let him ride out the remainder of his scholarship, stay with the program for the conclusion of the 2023 season, and then you reload, right? And you weren't thinking they were super high unless there was just a perfect situation at backup quarterback where they could bring in somebody because you don't want to upset Jackson Arnold. They're not going to do that, but uh, we expect Dylan Gabriel's going to be back in another season, and then, you know, the baton is passed to Jackson Arnold, and uh, he's going to sprint like a champion with that baton because he's got an unbelievable talent. I would be really surprised if he did not work out. I totally expect him to. But guy, like a guy like Braylon Braxton, right, decided to stay at Tulsa. Mm-hmm. That might have been maybe an option that you bring in for a year. That, that dude was going somewhere to start. He yeah. wasn't coming to Oklahoma. And here's the thing. Do you really want to put yourself through the additional headache of going to try and recruit a third-string quarterback via the portal again? Because you saw where that led you last year when you had to go grab Davis Bevel because Mm -hmm. he was the only guy on the market. Nobody gets in the transfer portal these days and says, yeah, I want to go be the third-string quarterback there. If you have the choice these days at the quarterback position between being third-string at OU with no foreseeable path to playing time and – the starter or in com- in competition for the starting job at a low-end, mid-tier group of five school, most guys are going to take the group of five opportunity. Yeah, That's yeah. just how it is. Let me ask you this. Pure speculation, hypothetical. If Dylan Gabriel had not beat uh, Casey Thompson or Jackson Dart to the punch, how do you think the Sooners would have done? Would it made uh, any difference at all, win-loss-wise, if they had had Casey Thompson or – no. Jackson Dart, same thing? No, I think you have the same record, the exact same record. And yeah, I do people too. wanted to make the Jackson Dart comparison throughout the entire second half of the season, mostly because Ole Miss started 5-0, and right? Ole Miss started really hot. But by the end of the season, that Ole Miss team is 8-4. and Dart has statistics that are very, very comparable to Gabriel in many ways. And when you keep in mind that Gabriel played six less quarters than Dart, the gap between those two – is virtually non-existent. I think there are plenty of Ole Miss fans that, in retrospect, looking at their season, would probably have rather had Dylan Gabriel than Jackson Dart. It's 
an illustration of the grass is always greener effect. Yeah. Right. I hear you. All right, we got a break right here. Keep those texts rolling in. We're trying to keep up with them as best we can. 405, that's always a challenge, by the way. 405-651-3439 on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you on a Wednesday. It is the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. We're coming right back. More of your texts on the way. John Shen talking Sooners at 135. It's all right here on the Ref. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. Last year, Home Comfort Systems, they will do great work for you. Get that furnace tune-up, 405-579-3113. We do have uh, Thunder Basketball tonight, Oklahoma City at Memphis, 7 o'clock, FedEx Forum, Oklahoma City at 11 and 13. I enjoyed hearing uh, Charles Barkley on TNT's uh, postgame. This this happened at you know, close to around 1 in the morning. Uh, it's been about a week or so. I oh, think. boy, Charles Barkley at 1 a.m. Yes. That's always a roulette wheel. And he was trying to prop up, and he did prop up Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, this is what uh, Chuck had to say about uh, Thunderstar Shea Gilgis-Alexander the other night. If Shea Alexander Gilchrist is not talking. See, thank you. He just said the same thing. Shea Alexander Gilchrist. It's getting late. You know, it might be the cologne. It is 1 o'clock. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. If he's not, no, seriously, if Shea Gilgis-Alexander is not starting in the All-Star game, we're not going to let the public vote again. Okay. He should be starting at the two spot in the Western Conference <sighs> easily. There you go. SGA currently uh, number three in league scoring behind Luka and Giannis, averaging 31 a game, six assists and five rebounds. Thunder SGA or uh, SAG? I, I, man, Shea Alexander Gilchrist. Chuck is one of a kind. He's great. Uh, Sooners beat UMKC last night, Missouri-Kansas City, now known as just uh, Kansas City, 75-53. to They get ready for Arkansas coming up Saturday at the BOK Center at noon on ESPN2. Texas lost to Illinois last night in the Jimmy V Classic. First loss of the season for the number two Longhorns, 85-78 in overtime. Uh, the Illini got him last night in the Jimmy V Classic. All right. Uh, we'll talk a little more Sooner basketball a little bit later and hear from Porter Moser. But in the meantime, we've got to get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Chuck's, pronoun- <laughs> Chuck's pronunciation is terrible. That's good. Terrible. I like it. Frank Caliendo had a really good bit about yeah, 10 years ago. He's good. The we, Charles Barkley bit. We had Frank Caliendo on our old morning show before he was famous. Really? And he How long come, ago was this? Oh, my gosh. What, God, 20, yeah, I was about to say, it must be 20 years, years or something ago. Something like that. And he would come on like every, every month. for He did that like three or four times. And uh, it was always great. Always great. Okay. Continuing our perusal of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It would be neat if Braylon announced he's transferring to OU on Tulsa Day this Friday. There you go. He can do it with you at uh, Waldo's Chicken and Waffles. 
right? And, uh, I think it's chicken and beer. Chicken and beer. Hopefully they have chicken and waffles. Man, I'm big on chicken and waffles. Are you a chicken and waffles guy, Steve? And they're pretty good. I like they them both. Yes, they are. Took me way too long in life to get around to trying them for the first time. It wasn't until I was probably a sophomore, junior in high school mm-hmm. that I ate chicken and waffles for the first time. But, man. I'm picturing you, Parker, this weekend on Tulsa Day. Well, Friday. Friday. Tulsa Day. And we have, of course, we have uh, we have a uh, situation on Saturday, of course, where we have uh, Tyler there, uh, you know, for our OU postgame after Arkansas on Saturday, after the Arkansas game, 2.30 to 4.30. But you will be there again on Friday. I can see it right now. It'll be you. It'll be Braylon Presley and Kendall <laughs> in the same photo. There we go. That will be the photo that will be released hey, you know, with Braylon Presley making the announcement. If there is if there is one person that will be present on Tulsa Day, if there is one listener that will be present, it will be Kendall. I'm pretty sure Kendall showed up to every single remote last year on Tulsa Day. I was at, uh, what, Billy Sims Burger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I was. Kendall was there. I, hey, he may be at every remote this weekend. The man is loyal. He is super loyal. Gunny of Stutzman Army says, y'all know who has two thumbs and loves chicken and beer? This guy. There you go. Uh, Parker, can you dress up as Waldo when you're at Waldo's? <laughs> LOL. What did they do with our Tulsa sheet? Hang on. Old man lost his sheet. Okay, sorry. Yeah, it was here and now it's gone. They took our Tulsa promo sheet. Who does that? Who did it? Who's guilty? All right, I'll try and find it. Maybe they moved it somewhere. All right, anyway, uh, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Oh, we got a text from Gary and Bixby. Oh, boy, he's from Bixby, so we got to take this with a grain of salt on Braylon Presley. There Might be go. some favoritism involved, but kinda, let's, kinda, let's see what Gary has to say. I kind of like, I see the first sentence, and I kind of like that one. Braylon Presley reminds me of Percy Harvin from Florida. Okay, Gary, I like this so far. When Florida beat us in the national championship several years back, couldn't keep up with where he was lined up, and once he got the ball, couldn't keep up with his speed. Presley needs to grow a little bit thicker and taller, but think he will under the guidance of Schmitty. We think Braylon Pre- we think Schmitty can make Braylon Presley taller. Does he have like one of those giant like Mid- stretching one the, machines? One of those medieval torture devices there <laughs> in the weight room where they just stretch people out. I don't know, but I know what he's saying. I know what he's saying, and I like that comparison. Look, if he turns into Percy Harvin, he will be an unbelievable player because Percy Harvin was clearly the difference in that OU Florida game, no doubt about it. But I will say this again, Schmitty. You know how much we love Schmitty around here. He's a great strength and conditioning coach. But guess who else is really good? Rob Glass is also one of the best in the business at Oklahoma State. But I'm saying, you know, he's had a year with Rob Glass now, and then if he comes to Oklahoma and he has a year with Jerry Schmidt, that's that's pretty darn good. I'm going to say something controversial. Go for it. If there is one current employee of the Oklahoma State Athletic Department that deserves a statue outside T. Boone Pickens Stadium, it is not Mike Gundy. It is Rob Glass. He's highly thought of, man. And Mike Gundy has said that he's the MVP. He said that on a couple of occasions that Rob Glass has been the most important person they've had in their program. Uh, I was going to, gosh, I had one other thing I wanted to add with regard to Gary and Bixby's text. I don't know, man. Hey, I, I wouldn't put it past Schmitty. Like, clamp both of Braylon Presley's feet in a vice. Be like, we're going to stretch you till you're 5'10. Uh, 
Sooner Co. Wetzel says, don't forget about Gunny. He will be at the post game. Yeah, where's is Gunny? What? Where is Gunny from? I forget. I know he's from. He's from the Stutzman Arm. Stutzman Arm. Well, I know he's course. from the Stutzman yes, Army. He's stationed but. at uh, the Crimson Barracks. I know that. Uh, how many guys are we realistically looking for in the portal? Well, the final number is going to depend on how many you end up signing in the 2023 recruiting cycle. So, I I couldn't really give you a ballpark estimate because we don't know for a fact what Oklahoma's class is going to end up looking like. My best guess would be that Oklahoma takes 27 to 29 in, in the, this class. Oh, in the class. I thought Not you in the said portal. I was like, Not Good in the Lord, portal. man. Yeah, so I guess with that in mind, I can see Oklahoma taking 8 to 10, maybe even more in the portal. Yeah, and again, we talked about 13 was the number last year, right? Burrow you. That's right. Porter. Gunny is from Porter, Oklahoma. He works in Broken Arrow. Well, we so. should play Hey Porter, Hey Porter <laughs> for Gunny. Uh, hey, Porter and those, uh, those basketball boys are doing all right for themselves. Yeah, we'll hear from him coming up here in a little bit. By the way, our schedule again on Friday. Toby will be at Neighborhood Jam on uh, 61st Street, 6 to 9. 9 to noon, Chris Plank at Tally's Good Food Cafe on Route 66 on Yale Avenue. For Tulsa Day on Friday, Parker will be at Waldo's Chicken and Beer. You're correct, yes. If they want to throw some waffles in, that's fine. But chicken and beer, that sounds really good. That's on 71st Street in Tulsa, noon to 3. And then Tyler McComas at Buffalo Wild Wings coming up 3 to 6 on Friday on East 41st Street. And then our postgame show following the Sooners matchup with Arkansas. Razorbacks beat UNC Greensboro to go to 8-1 in the year uh, with a victory last night. So the Sooners in Arkansas – We'll play at noon again. ESPN2 will have that from the BOK Center. We'll have a post-game show at Lefties on Greenwood with Tyler McComas coming up from 2.30 to 4.30 on Saturday. So that is the plan. Okay. On the text line, why why do we keep getting this text? It's a Doug and Norman-esque text. I'm pretty Uh-oh. sure Doug sent this exact text at some point in time. Presley couldn't play at OSU. What makes you think he would be good at OU? He was a true freshman. Well, not only that, and if he was, you know, dropping some passes and fumbling the ball in practices or scrimmages or whatever, you know, there's some sticklers for that that you don't get in the field. But, again, I've seen the natural ability, and, you know, I just saw that kid make a lot of plays. So I think the Sooners would 100% bring him in if they can. No doubt about it. All right, Parker, why don't we take a break, and we'll answer this question off the text line when we get back. Does OU have a shot at Jim Leonard for D.C. if Ted Roof is out? Oh, boy, that's a can of worms. Yeah, Jim Leonard is out of Wisconsin. He's not sticking around, which was what everybody expected, but he's going to have a lot of opportunities. Could one of those opportunities be at the University of Oklahoma? We'll get into that when we get back, keep the text rolling in. 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439, the Air Coverage Solutions text line. We're coming right back.
It is a Wednesday edition, Steelman and Thune, Brown O'Haver Studios here on this Wednesday, the home of Sooner fans. Want to thank our friends at Riverwind Casino, sponsoring our hotline and bringing the very best in the business. Over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games as well. They have a tremendous big time, world-class poker room, the best bars and dining and the best promotions. The bars and dining, Coop Ale House Bar, the River Buffet is big time. Chips, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant is big time. Uh, the food court, very nice. Got some great options there. And you always have these incredible promotions. Uh, like, you know, we had a Bedlam Beats and Bites recently, which is really cool. We'll have Beats and Bites back for the summer, the Outdoor Music Festival. Won't be too long before we have shows back in the Showplace Theater when the renovation is done. And they're getting, they're getting closer, I will just tell you. And uh, also... Great promotion for December. The 20K holidays on us from now until December 23rd. Patrons will be able to earn points on every single electronic gaming machine. And then at 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve, 10 patrons who earn the highest number of points on all the machines are going to be awarded grand prize bundles, including the following, a $500 Amazon gift card, $500 Walmart gift card, a $500 Target gift card, $500 Visa gift card. It's going to be very nice. So get out there and play on any of the electronic gaming machines out there and participate in the 20K holidays on us. Another reason why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. All right, let's get back to that Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Okay, well, let's get to the text that you were eager to discuss. Does OU have a shot at Jim Leonard for defensive coordinator if Roof is out? Here is what I will say. Uh, For the last couple of weeks, I have heard Jim Leonard's name mentioned behind the scenes as a guy that OU would target. Here is the issue. OU is a prestigious football institution, a blue blood school, no doubt. But they don't have the ability to essentially pick and choose whoever they want from the coaching ranks. It would be nice if that were the case, obviously, but Jim Leonard instantly becomes the most coveted assistant on the market right now at both the collegiate and the professional level. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about him maybe going to the Packers. Exactly. And so I what I'm not saying is that Oklahoma doesn't have the money to bring in Jim Leonard, but what I am saying is I think there will be other organizations slash institutions that are willing to offer a lot more money than Oklahoma. So I would not hold your breath on Jim Leonard just because he's going to be that in demand that he's going to make bank this offseason. Jim Leonard would be the kind of assistant that would get two and a half mil, three mil a year. Oh, yeah. In that ballpark. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Oh, yeah. I mean, Brent Venables was making what as the D.C. at Clemson? Just over two million, right? Alex Grinch was making two million at Oklahoma. (laughs) Stealing, stealing two million. Good (laughs) lord! And Ted Roof is making one point one right now. Mm -hmm. So, and look, I've said it before. I I will reiterate it. I don't expect Ted Roof to be the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma in twenty twenty two. I think a change will be made there, and I I would not rule out Ted Roof being on Oklahoma's staff in some capacity. But I don't think he'll return as defensive coordinator. Who the new D.C. is at Oklahoma, if that change does indeed come to fruition, uh, I don't know. I just think Jim Leonard is the name that's going to be thrown around by 
every single school in America and shoot every single NFL team in America that's looking for a new defensive coordinator at season's end. Please tell me he won't go uh, join forces with Muleshoe. I mean, why on earth would he do that? I don't know. Do you think Muleshoe's that smart? No, I'm just saying they need defensive help. He okay, well, a, he wrote there, but here's the deal. Anecdote. Everybody says, you know, Alex Grinch, that's Muleshoe's boy. He'll never let him go. Uh, Muleshoe, do you trust Muleshoe? You can be his best well, friend, and he's going to turn around, and he's going to pull a Fredo on you and the Godfather. Anecdote. I've mentioned this before on air. I'm going to say it again, but you remember how I just talked all that noise about how Jim Leonard's about to make himself a crap ton of money this offseason? Mm, right. I will reiterate – Alex Grinch, just to pick one example, took a nearly 50% pay cut to go to USC from Oklahoma. And that's a 50% pay cut without any regard for the cost of living discrepancy between Los Angeles and Norman, Oklahoma. All right, so just at face value, he took a 50% pay cut. And I was told over the summer by someone who would know that... Three of Grinch's assistants, I wasn't given names, but three of the USC assistants out there were sharing an apartment because that's how little money USC had for the assistant pool after they dropped the giant bag to bring Muleshoe out to L.A. So I do not know that USC could scrape together nearly enough money to make a competitive offer to Jim Leonard. Good. Let alone I hope bring that stays in. the case because, you know, Muleshoe keeps greasing into everything, you know? He's like that guy that good things tend to happen for, except for defense because he he's ignored defense. Uh, here's an interesting text. Okay. Leonard won't come to Oklahoma and play second chair to Brent Venables. He will want to be in complete charge, yeah. which creates another issue. He doesn't run Brent Venables' defense. We talked about that a couple days ago. Yeah. That, you know, you're talk- because you're talking about Parker, Brent. Uh, was probably considered the greatest defensive coordinator. But Jim Leonard's right there with him. They're, yes, in this, they're living this point, in the same ballpark, right? At this point, Jim Leonard is what Brent Venables was mm-hmm. six, seven years ago, which and, is yeah. the hottest name in the profession as a defensive coordinator. And you're right. So we talked about the thing that you just brought up about three days ago. Or was it last week on Jim Leonard? It was recent, though. You know, could you never know about two egos. You know, you never know. I Look, Brent... Seems pretty down to earth, fairly humble, obviously, for all he's accomplished. But who knows how that situation would work out chemistry-wise. But I'm with you. I think Jim Leonard's going to have so many opportunities out there. And Jim Leonard will have head coaching interviews. He will. And if he is not a head coach, come opening day in 2023, he will be a very handsomely paid defensive coordinator somewhere. And I I will reiterate, uh, in and I say this because we just got a very similar text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. My belief is that Brent Venables should call his own plays defensively. I think it makes all the sense in the world and more for Brent to be the guy. That's it almost looked like defense. he was making a lot of calls in Lubbock down the stretch. Did it not? He was certainly signaling out there quite a bit. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, Josh Ellison, Joshua Ellison did uh, enter the portal. Somebody was asking on the text line, thoughts on Ellison and Henry in the portal? Uh, Two defensive linemen didn't play much. Not a big deal. No, Henry didn't play at all. As a matter of fact, quit the team in mid-November, so he was bound for the portal anyway. Ellison is a guy that had one year left on scholarship and just hadn't contributed a whole heck of a lot, and I think the 
OU staff probably had the same conversation with him as they had with Bray Walker, which is, look, mm-hmm. you only got one year left to make something happen. If you want a chance at the next level, it's just not happening here. You should probably head out. So that brings the uh, Sooner number to 16 in the portal out of OU. All right, thank you to Lasher Home Comfort Systems, our opening hour sponsor every day right here on the Rep, 405-579-3113. They'll do great work for you. We've got more work to do, including a talk with John Shin coming up next hour. Let's open up hour number two on this Wednesday. Two men talking. Yeah, I'm one, Mike Steely, the other, Parker Thune. And you were talking to us via the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Keep them rolling in. And, again, we want to say shout-out to the uh, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, Exit 72 right there in Paul's Valley, USA. Great deals on cars, trucks. SUVs, pre-owned vehicles, they have them for you there at the Seth Wadley Auto Group and a big-time guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right, so if you're just joining us for the uh, second hour, we've talked about the uh, Sooners portal number is up to 16 now with Joshua Ellison uh, in the portal. And again, the numbers uh, at 16 Theo Weiss, Nick Evers, Ralph Rucker, Bryson Washington, Jordan Mukes, Joshua Eaton, Kendall Dennis, Alton Tarber, Bray Walker, Joseph Wete, Cavante Henry, Clayton Smith, Brian Darby, Trayvon West, Cedric Roberts, and Josh Ellison. So there you go. All right, so of those guys that we've talked about, which ones are you really surprised didn't work out at Oklahoma? Bray Walker at the top of the Uh, list? Well... Five star. Yes and no, because I think at the outset, everybody would have been shocked that Bray Walker as a five star never panned out at Oklahoma. But I think we've kind of seen the writing on the wall for probably three seasons now. Once you got the opportunity to see Bray Walker on the field, it kind of became apparent, okay, this is just, it's it's not going to work. Um, so I, man, Clay- I don't know. That's Clayton a, Smith was highly ranked also. Yeah, and I I thought he was a little higher ranked than he probably should. I think he's still a guy that, depending on where he ends up, especially, uh, he can still play some pretty high level ball. But looking at this list, man, I to be honest, I never really figured Cedric Roberts and Cavante Henry were going to crack it at Oklahoma. I was surprised that the staff pursued Henry late in the process. I for, and the reason I say that is. 
you could turn on R. Mason Thomas's tape and see immediately, oh, shoot, that guy's going to be a baller at the next level. It makes sense that the staff is trying to flip him down the stretch. You just didn't – I didn't feel that way about Henry. I never felt that same way about him. And with Roberts, he was a holdover committed under the previous staff. I was kind of surprised that the staff held on to his commitment. I think at that point it was just a matter of, hey, we need as many bodies as we can get because we don't we don't know what next year is going to look like. I, If there's one guy on this list that surprises me – actually, two. I think – there are two guys among the 15 that have hit the portal for Oklahoma so far that I thought were going to be pretty good players in Crimson and Cream. One would be Kendall Dennis. Defensive back, absolute burner, Floridian. When you look at the guys that Oklahoma has recruited out of the state of Florida out of the last few years, and this is a very surface-level common denominator, but pretty much everybody that they've pulled out of Florida has been a legit contributor. At OU. And in some cases, very early. You think about Jaden Davis, who was starting as a true freshman. Danny Stutzman, not starting, but playing significant snaps and making an impact as a true freshman. Nick Benito decided he could just forego two years of eligibility and be an early round NFL draft pick, and lo and behold, he was. When you look at all the Floridians that have made their homes at Oklahoma over the last few years, uh, Hollywood Brown in that category as well. Kendall Dennis is kind of the one that just didn't work. And so for a variety of reasons, I'm surprised that he washed out. And then Brian Darby, man, I I think he's legitimately just a guy that got lost in the shuffle at wide receiver because I do think he has tremendous potential. And I think wherever the next landing spot is for him. Didn't Darby have a couple touchdown catches? He did, man. Yeah. A couple impressive touchdown yeah. catches down the stretch in 2021. I think Brian Darby can land somewhere and be an impact guy. Um, think about was, this, Parker, by the way. Theo Weiss, we said, that's the one that really stands out. And I know yeah. Nick Evers uh, also stands out, too. But it kind of the writing was was on the wall with uh, JFA and the, and the commitment. And, you know, he's so solid on Oklahoma. But that class with Theo Weiss, Jaden Hazelwood, and Trajan Bridges, uh, in some circles, you know, definitely two of those guys were five stars. And in some services, that was a three five-star wide receiver class. And overall – the Bridges deal, obviously, not good. Uh, Hazelwood had moments, but was hurt a lot. Weiss had some moments. He was hurt a lot. But overall, you didn't get a whole lot. Uh, that 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 trio didn't pay a ton of dividends. And what happened with Trajan Bridges is unfortunate because I remember talking to sources around the program as recently as last spring, not more than a few days before Bridges was, well, initially detained by police later arrested, and then dismissed from the team. And those people were telling me, the best wide receiver on this roster isn't Marvin Mims. It's Trajan Bridges. So yeah, you only, you can only, you're only left to wonder what might have been for him in an OU uniform. Uh, quickly, I want to bring this up. Go for it. This kind of illustrates how bad, just flat-out bad, the former Oklahoma staff was at evaluating talent. Look at the defensive back class that they recruited and signed in 2020. It's fourfold. Bryson Washington, Joshua Eaton, Justin Harrington, Kendall Dennis. 
Those four combined have zero career starts at Oklahoma. Three are now in the transfer portal. And the fourth entered the transfer portal, didn't have any takers, and came back to the program as a walk-on. Justin Harrington, yes. yes. And, you know, we heard great things about Justin Harrington uh, before the season, and he didn't make a ton of plays. Wow, that that's a stat right there. That is definitely a stat. Here's what I'm going to try and not do. Did Hazelwood have a good season? You know, he had moments, man. He had moments, but he was so he was injured so much. And I don't know what would we say about Jaden Hazelwood's career at OU? About a C? Yeah, uh, I I I'd give him a B minus. I mean, you can't because penalize the kid for getting hurt. No, you right? can't. And when he was on the field, he was actually pretty dang effective. He had was it the Western Carolina game last year where he had three touchdown catches? Mm-hmm. He had himself a more than decent year at Oklahoma in 2021. I think he led the team in several major receiving categories. It's just it, he got to campus at an unfortunate time. He had a few unfortunate strokes of bad luck, and I think had he stuck around, he would have been an integral part of the game plan in 2022, but uh, his former high school wide receivers coach ended up on staff at Arkansas. He was just kind of burned out at Oklahoma, much like Austin Stogner, uncertain about what the future held at OU. And so he made the decision to spend his last year of college as a Razorback. And he'll now head off to the NFL and hope he can hear his name called on draft day. Yeah, that that was crazy, uh, you know, that Oklahoma got all those guys in one class, and again, they didn't get a ton of uh, production. So Somebody asked, what happened to the quarterback transfer from Penn State? That would be Micah Bowens. Uh, he is not on scholarship, and he's like fifth, sixth on the depth chart right now at QB. Uh, that's a guy where I just – I've talked to – Many folks about Micah Bowens because he's somebody that people ask about periodically because they're wondering, well, this kid was a four-star. Why on earth is he not even registering on the radar at Oklahoma? And I think the simplest answer is he's not a quarterback. And he had high school offers as a defensive back, uh, I believe maybe as a skill position player on offense too. Uh, But he was bound and determined to play quarterback, and it just hasn't worked for him. Yeah. By the way, I'm looking at Hazelwood's numbers at Arkansas. He was Arkansas's leading receiver by receptions. He had 59 to lead the way. He was tied for third in touchdown catches. Matt Landers, number one, and Trey uh, Knox, the tight end, was second. Hazelwood tied for third in that category. He was second in yards for Arkansas. So he had a pretty decent year, 12 yards uh, per reception for Jaden Hazelwood for the Hogs uh, this past season. 405-651-3439, right. Um, while we have time, we've got about three minutes, four minutes left in this segment. If you're just joining us, Parker was talking about, you know, the new prospects out there for Oklahoma. And give me a quick little thumbnail sketch on all of them. Now, we, we think the McCullough kids are coming to Oklahoma. Deshaun and his younger brother, Day McCullough. We do. Think they are going to be at OU. We think Austin Stogner is coming back to Oklahoma. Now, other prospects, and, and I'll throw out some new names. Give me, you know, 10, 15, 15 seconds, 20 seconds on each. Let's start, uh, you know, avail- availability, uh, which is obvious because they're in the portal, but I, I should have said ability and Oklahoma's chances. 
Uh, Dorian Singer, wide receiver from Arizona. Perhaps the top wide receiver option available in the portal. He is in very high demand nationwide. Oklahoma is working all the angles to try and put themselves in a position to land him, but they are not going to be without heavy competition. All right, uh, let's let's do a trio of offensive linemen. Let's start with Javion Cohen from Alabama. Javion Cohen, uh, again, like if you're talking about offensive linemen in the portal with a resume at the collegiate level, very few options as highly regarded uh, and as experienced as Javion Cohen. OU appears to be in pretty dang decent shape for him right now. There you go. Uh, Keandre Jones, offensive lineman from Auburn. Uh, again, a guy that Oklahoma appears to be in pretty good shape to land. Uh, it's still early. There haven't been a whole lot of rumblings as it pertains to his next destination, but that is another name that I would get to know. Uh, junior college offensive lineman Keyshawn Blackstock. Hard to tell with him because him and his dad, they, they just kind of seem like the type of people that will hype up any school. So he's cut his list at 12. Oklahoma is probably the most prestigious school on that top 12 list. I don't think it's a guarantee that he ends up at Oklahoma, but the Sooners have as good a shot as anybody. All right, Caleb Banks, edge rush guy from Louisville. They just offered him last night, so still very early on in the process. Much like Dorian Singer, he's in high demand nationwide. So uh, hold the phone on that one, and let's say, let's see where things go between him and OU in the next 48, 72 hours. But keep in mind, Oklahoma nabbed a transfer from Louisville last year in Kenai Walker. That's true. All right, uh, two kids from Clemson, linebacker Kevin Swint, defensive back Fred Davis. Both those guys in the portal from Clemson. Obviously, the familiarity with Brent Venables carries some weight. And you tend to believe that the moratorium on taking Clemson players from the portal has expired now, a year after Venables was announced as head coach at Oklahoma. So, given, again, given that familiarity with Oklahoma's current head coach, the former Clemson defensive coordinator, if those guys have interest in OU, I would imagine the interest from Oklahoma will be reciprocated. All right. Uh, Oklahoma State trio, Braylon Presley, Mason Cobb, Trace Ford. Braylon Presley, that's a guy that I right now, you put a gun to my head, you ask me to put my chips on the table, I think he's a Sooner. I would say the same about Trace Ford. Mason Cobb, I know there's been some buzz about him in Oklahoma. I'm not as, not as much of a believer on that one, just because from what I have been told, talking to sources behind the scenes, the linebackers that Oklahoma is in the market for are – well, how do I put this? Mason Cobb is lower on the priority list. All right. A uh, couple other linebackers. Justin Flo from Oregon, Philip Webb from LSU. And th- that would be – those would be two guys at the top of the priority list right there. There you go. And a couple other names. Uh, we talked about Dorian Singer, the wide receiver from Arizona. Two other names. Uh, Dante Cephas, wide receiver Kent State. Not going to happen, right? Uh, I would expect he lands at either Colorado or at Penn State. Uh, and Ra-Ra Thomas, the wide receiver out of Mississippi State. Yeah, I know OU's trying on that one. They really, really like him. Uh, but much like Singer, there's going to be a lot of competition for his services. So pay attention to who visits Oklahoma. There you go. Any word, by the way, on Miles Slusher? None yet. Nothing yet. All right, break time. Thank you again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Paul's Valley, exit 72. 
Tremendous selection, great guarantee, the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Coming right back, we've got John Chin on the way at 135. More of your texts coming up next here on The Ref. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. How we doing on this Wednesday? Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Good to have you along. John Shin from The Athletic covering the Sooners coming up in the next segment. So uh, stick around to hear from John Shin, get his take on the portal, everything going on with the Sooners right now. That will be coming up on the uh, Riverwind Casino hotline again in our next segment. Baker Mayfield. Wearing number 17. Can you believe that? That that looked bizarre, that man. Did, I saw that it? picture on social media. I was like, oh, boy, this is going to take some getting used to. Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, the Rams claimed him, and uh, there is a chance that Baker could be playing tomorrow night against the Las Vegas Raiders at SoFi in L.A. Thursday night football, tomorrow night, 7-15. John Wolford is a, a neck injury. Uh, he is questionable. Bryce Perkins could play, but there is a chance Baker might be able to get in there. Who's uh, one of the number one Baker supporters out there? Everybody's favorite, Skip Bayless. Oh, I was going to say Shea, but oh well, Shea. Yes, no doubt. You nailed it right there. Shea is. She will be back in. She'll be ready to watch some Thursday night football tomorrow nights. This would be probably the first. Well, she's watched. I think Baker maybe in a Thursday night game, but. Uh, with Baker having a chance to play. But Skip Bayless is that guy, and I know a lot of you guys don't like Skip. You know what he's all about. But even Skip says he doesn't like this spot for Baker. Skip, where are you at? Skip, talk to me. Computer freeze up. This kid, and I still consider him a kid because I don't think he's grown up yet, he cannot get a break because I threw out the possibility would the Texans take a shot because he's way better than either of the quarterbacks they have started this year. I wish they had taken a shot because he would be way, way, way better off with the Houston Texans right now than he would be with the Rams. So he started the year with the team that all the power rankings ranked dead last, 32nd and dead last. That was the Carolina Panthers going into this season. So he started with that team. Now he winds up on a waiver claim with the team that's a cumulative 30th in power rankings, the champion L.A. Rams, the team you picked to repeat in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, and they are an unmitigated disaster because they're more of a disaster than the Houston Texans are. At least the Texans compete with some. You know, th- this team is non-competitive yeah. because it lost Cooper Cup, it lost Allen Robinson, it obviously lost Matt Stafford, but the offensive line from day one this year has been a shambles. Yeah, not- it has been a wreck. Well, the Rams have lost six in a row, eight of their last nine. But you know who uh, who's reunited, and it feels so good. David Goodspeed and Baker Mayfield. Are <laughs> there you go. I forgot about that, man. There's nobody happier in the state of Oklahoma. Well, if he is in the state of Oklahoma right now, 
than David Goodspeed. I, he's probably paying peach, playing Peaches and Herb reunited right now, would be my guess. So, yes, we'll see if Baker gets a chance to play. Wearing number 17 for the L.A. Rams, the Raiders, and the Rams Thursday night football. So, I haven't been paying close enough attention. What is Stafford's status? How long is he out? He They put him on IR, like, uh, last week. Uh, so, he's done, done. It, there's a good chance he's done, done. Okay. Yeah, were you hoping that uh, the the 49ers but although they're saying that Jimmy G again may not be out for the year and Brock Purdy he played pretty well last week man he did um yeah I just Jimmy G's gonna be out for the year they can they can talk all the mess they want but Jimmy G's out for the year oh uh, my gosh I just thought of this you know who else Baker's reunited with who's that where is he where's Baker now he's in LA Mule shoe. Oh no, <laughs> he's out there with mule shoe. He's gonna go to that freaking mansion, isn't he, and visit mule shoe? Probably not. I would think. Uh, do you think those two talk anymore? Maybe because Baker is all OU all the time, right? Baker lives and breathes the uh, University of Oklahoma, so. You think he still associates with his head coach who spat upon his alma mater like I that? I hope not. <clears throat> Whoa, voice crack. He did say, you know, he, he said some good things. He tried to toe the company line. Yeah, I know. Will Baker, well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know what? Mule Shoe's such a down-low, dirty scumbag. He'll probably try and get SC to put up statues of Baker and Kyler out there in L.A., I wouldn't put it past him. Would you? Well, like statues of them in Rams uniform or of in USC uniforms? No, just like in their professional, you know, uniforms or something. But, oh, okay. But then again. Mule you know, Shoe Heisman Park. Here's the deal, though. Mule Shoe, uh, when is Arizona going to fire uh, Cliff Kingsbury? I would have thought it would have happened by now, but it hasn't yet. Hey, listen, I'm, you I'm still just telling think, you now. You still think Muleshoe, once Caleb's done, he's off to the NFL? Well, I'm telling you now, if that Arizona vacancy is open and they are willing to interview interview Muleshoe, Muleshoe will interview for that job. I promise you. Um, <laughs> you remember, you, have you watched Despicable Me? I haven't, no. Oh, man. How have you not watched that movie? I don't know. That's the one with the minions, right? Yes, yes. There's this scene where Gru, Steve Carell's character, is explaining to all the minions all of the memorable things that they've done as he's explaining their plot to steal the moon. He's talking about all the fantastic things that they've stolen. And at one point he goes, we stole the Statue of Liberty. That's Muleshoe. No, but then it's it's like a bantam-sized Statue of Liberty, and then he follows it up with, the small one from Las Vegas. <laughs> I feel like Muleshoe's going to have his own Heisman Park out at USC that's just smaller versions of all the OU Heisman statues. They will be the small ones from Los Angeles. Watch McVay retire and the Rams hire Muleshoe after Baker gets a one-year contract with them. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that because, yeah, like, there's legit buzz about McVay retiring and has been. What if that job comes open? The dude is how old is Sean McVay? He's like th- late thirties, early. 40s. I mean, I guess he he's got, not old. He's got the money to retire. He's I'm got sure, a but... Super Bowl ring. Yes, he's got the uh, 
He's got a coaching legacy at this point in time. He can pull a John Gruden, just waltz off into the world of TV, hopefully avoid all of the uh, controversy later in life that befell John Gruden. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, if I'm Sean McVay, why not live that cushy life for the rest of my days? Muleshoe would take the Rams job, right? Because he wouldn't have to move out of his colossal estate there and everything. Built by the University of Oklahoma, by the way. <laughs> Somebody said, was that a voice crack or was Steely getting emotional? And both. It was, I was getting emotional. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, so we'll see if Baker plays wearing number 17 for the Rams tomorrow night. So uh, Parker quoting Gru is my favorite thing today. It was pretty good I've, because I've seen a few clips. Yeah. And it was pretty good. Not bad at all. In this fact, I, I would. From Las Vegas. I would give that a good nine, nine and a half out of ten. All right, we got a break right here coming up. We've got John Shen, ladies and gentlemen, covering the Sooners for the Athletic. He'll join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. It's Wednesday here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Ah, yeah, what a good song to come back. John Shen is definitely a working man, there's no doubt. Man, I'd love to give up, get up at 7. No chance. It's usually like 4.15. All right, John Shen joining us, covering the Sooners for the Athletic, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. John, we appreciate your time. Uh, what do you think of this list of 16 Sooners in the portal? Any of them surprise you that much? What's your take? At, at this point, you know, it really doesn't surprise me when any non-starter gets in the portal. It, it, it really, anywhere. Uh, but the one thing you look at nationally, I, I was looking at our list on The Athletic the other day, there's no way these guys are all finding homes. I mean, this is going to be, I mean, you want to talk about a survival of the fittest game of musical chairs that's getting ready to take place in college football. It's going to get really ugly for a lot of these guys. John, every single school in the country at this point, this is just how it's going to be in the future. There are going to be plenty of outbound Mm -hmm. transfers that are going to be plenty of inbound transfers. And this is a question that we've asked to, Several of our guests over the course of the last couple of weeks as this has really started to heat up. But as you look at what Oklahoma did well and you look at what they did poorly in 2022, what should be the areas of focus for the Sooners in the transfer portal, both in terms of instant impact guys and in terms of depth? Well, if you're looking for instant impact, it seems like receiver is the place you can always, I think every year you're going to be able to find instant impact in the portal just because I think those guys figure out it's a lot easier to get them to the ball, get them the ball as a receiver than anything else. Uh, I think defensive line, 
you should always look for that. That also seems like that is the absolute hardest thing to, to get the production out of and for the portal is D-line because the bottom line is most of the guys you want are, you know, are NFL caliber guys and they don't transfer. They go to the NFL. So, uh, I, you know, to me it looks like, you know, defensively you're looking at a defensive line and then probably it, it, at least another cornerback for sure. And then offensively one receiver, one, you know, you, you would want to try to get one good, you know, one high impact receiver and then offensive line t- uh, tackle for sure is, is what you need to look at there. John Chen with us covering the Sooners for the athletic. Uh, I thought it was interesting in the zoom press conference, one of the, uh, with Brent that one of the Florida reporters said, you know, uh, I think uh, FSU fans and, and Oklahoma's had such success against Florida state. They're six and one. And the only time they lost Florida state was back in the mid sixties. Uh, but ask Brent, you know, some Florida state fans are kind of wondering how does Oklahoma go six and six? What did you think of the way Brent answered that? And how did Oklahoma end up six and six in Brent's first year, in your opinion? Oh, well, it's a mixture of, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I don't care what the program is. If you look up the year before and they won a bunch of close games and that team wasn't really young, which OU wasn't last year. Uh, you know, the inverse of that is usually coming right down to Pike and OU went six and six because they went zero and four in one possession games. So that's how that happens. But now, the, you know, you could also look at that. Baylor could have won by double digits if they wanted to, and so could a K-State more than likely. But, uh, you know, that's that's the inverse of that. But, you know, the other deal is, I, I, I you know, Brent said it the whole time, and I, I think, you know, I'm certainly guilty of it. He was tearing this thing down this year to build it back up, and I don't think he necessarily – it, you know, this wasn't an NFL deal where, you know, you're just you, – you take what you got and you do everything you can to absolutely win on Saturday. I think he, he's looking down the road more than he was this year. In some ways, I think you saw the repercussions of that. John, as you look ahead at the bowl game, uh, no Jalen Redmond, no Wanye Morris, no Anton Harrison, and no Eric Gray for the Sooners. So as you look at those four positions and the guys that will be poised – to inherit greater opportunity in this matchup against Florida State uh, with those four NFL-bound players electing to opt out of that game. Who are you most excited to see in an expanded role for Oklahoma? Well, I I mean, obviously it's going to be a big chance for Javante Barnes. Uh, Do we know what kind of shape Marcus Major is going to be in? Uh, uh, You know, obviously there's going to be a lot of opportunities at running back that haven't been there. Uh, offensive line wise, I, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what they can kind of cobble together from this, for this game. Cause if you're losing ball tackles, that's, that's a big deal. But I, you know, it also wouldn't surprise me if Bill Beanbow thinks next year's tackles already on this next year's tackles is are, are already on this roster. So what could they do? You know, it's, we've, I, I guess the one good thing is, is they have, you know, a month to prepare for this, not, you know, four days, but, this is just another reason, man. Bowl games need to go away. I mean, it's it, it, it all the college football has kind of decided it's the playoff or bust. And when you look at the amount of guys that the roster that some teams and OU is going to fall into this case, 
is going. I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. If COVID were still a big deal, I could definitely see. Oh, you say it now. We flunked a bunch of COVID tests. We're out. And that's kind of the situation you're looking at with this with this roster. There you go. I, there you go. Fake faking COVID. That would be a way out. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to go six, six or seven. Texas possibly. Did. Yeah. What well, did last year. and you're saying obviously the the bowl games that aren't involved in the playoff rotation. I get it because some mm-hmm. of this. It, I mean, it's how can you put a spread on some of these bowl games and how can you. You know, it's just – it's crazy. There's no doubt about it. Okay, um, we talked about the portal, and let's talk about this coaching staff. Uh, do you think Ted Roof survives the offseason, and do you think Oklahoma is going to try and bring in a receivers coach, or do you think, uh, you know, Washington will keep that job? What do you think is going to happen with the uh, staff in the offseason? Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Washington remains the receivers coach. Uh, I think he's built a pretty good rapport, and I, I don't think whatever went wrong this season you can put on them. As far as, so, you know, unless there's some other candidate that really jumps out to you, and it sounds like also one of the, there's a really good candidate that is not going to make you make him co-offensive coordinator or anything like that either. Uh, then, you know, you just roll with him and see what he can do in his, you know, his first kind of recruiting season. Uh as far as Roof goes, I think this is all up to how is is Brent willing to give up some control of that defense I, and, and be a head coach, not a head coach slash defensive coordinator, which he really was last year. And I, I think that's because I don't think you're going to get the kind of candidate that you really want if he's not going to get to run the defense. He's not going to be able to bring in some. Jim Leonard's not going to come here to be to run. Brent Venable's defense. So that, I mean, that's, that's going to have to be up to Brent. Is he going to, if, is he willing to accept more of a CEO kind of role than, you know, I'm the head coach, but I'm also the D coordinator. I'm also the, you know, the co-linebackers coach and everything else. If he's willing to do all that, it wouldn't surprise me if he brings in another defensive coordinator. But if he's not, then I'd, I imagine he's not going to. Offensively, for this program, John, heading into next year, what needs to improve? If there's one thing, and obviously everything needs to get better right now across the board for Oklahoma, 6-6 six and six is unacceptable by everybody's standards. But if there's one thing that needs to improve offensively for this program to return to where it's been for the better portion of the last quarter century, what is it? I just got through rightness for the athletic. I don't think they posted it yet. This offense needs another gear, and I'm not talking about a faster one. It needs a slower one, and badly. Right? You know, I, I think this offense had a pretty good year, but it was like watching a Formula One car trying to drive back to Norman at 445 on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> I mean, it's you cannot, you know, you've got to be able to slog it out. You've got to be able to have five- and six-minute drives. You've got to be able to pick up third downs. You've got to be able to put away games. And I think there's still a lot of offensive talent. The offensive line is still pretty good, and it's going to be pretty good. You've got to let them not just go out and score a bunch of points. You've got to let them be able to go out and control a football game. And what what we kind of saw this year was, oh, you would score a bunch of points, but they're controlling a game, which was what oh, you could do with its offense in 2017, 2018. That's what they've got to do. 
you've got to be able to run at different speeds. You cannot habitually snap the ball with 26 seconds left on the play clock. There you go, John Shen. Uh, be looking for his uh, story coming soon on The Athletic. Great writers and uh, really good stuff on The Athletic. And, John, as usual, we appreciate your time. We'll talk again real soon. All right. Talk to you guys later. John Shen. I do like that analogy. I Look, I like them playing fast in, in a lot of situations, but not every situation. And uh, sometimes, you know, uh, I agree that particularly you look back to the Bedlam game and you're like, uh, uh, why are you snapping the ball so quickly? It was strange. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. We've got one more segment to go. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here on a Wednesday edition of Steel Man and Thune on the home of Sooner fans. It is the Ref Radio Network. We'll hear from Porter Moser also when we get back on the Sooners win over Kansas City last night. Getting ready for the Hogs Saturday at noon at the BOK Center in Tulsa. Yeah, the old portal has done that. The NIL deals. These kids these days, I'm telling you, they want this. They want that. You should stick with your commitment. Right? It's not going to happen. It's not changing anytime soon, ladies and gentlemen. It's a new world we're living in. I feel like an analog man in a digital age. That's what I am. It was a good Joe Walsh tune back in the day. All right, uh, Riverwind Casino, a sponsor of our hotline and sponsor of some great gaming, great chances to win jackpots out there. They have over 2,800 electronic games. And, again, uh, all the table games you're looking for as well. Poker Room, you want it? They have it. Yes, it's big time. Best bars and dining, best service. They have a world-class hotel as well. And uh, all these uh, great promotions that they throw out there. The new member seven is always out there for you. If you haven't been out to Riverwind and gotten a wild card, you need to do that. New patrons who sign up for a wild card can earn up to $450 in one day. It's a heck of a deal. And they've got a great promotion happening now for December, the 20K Holidays on Us promotion, where you can win your share of $20,000. From now until December 23rd, patrons are going to be able to earn points on all of the electronic gaming machines. Some of these promotions, it's a specific group of machines, but once again, every electronic gaming machine, you can play on any of them. Earn as many points as you can at 5 p.m. December 24th on Christmas Eve. The 10 patrons who earn the highest number of points are going to be awarded a grand prize bundle, including the following $500 gift cards from Amazon, Walmart, Target, and Visa. And by the way, you do not have to be present to win. Winners are going to be contacted via phone 
and we'll have uh, 24 hours to claim your prize. So you don't have to be out there for the big drawing like on Christmas Eve, but you can play from now until December 23rd. Steely, you're a sundial man in a digital age. Maybe, yes, maybe. Actually, you know, I think for my age, I'm pretty decent with technology. I mean, I wouldn't give myself an A, but I would say I'm somewhere in the B, B minus range. Kendall asks, Steely, your thoughts on Kevin Wilson being hired by Tulsa? He was only 26 and 47 at Indiana. I mean, I think it's a really good hire for Tulsa, considering what Tulsa is, the smallest uh, D1 program in college football. And, uh, you know, he's going to work them hard. There's no doubt about that. Ask anybody who played under Kevin Wilson. He, you know, and he, he may probably got in a little bit of trouble for that, obviously, at Indiana. But um, I think he's a really good offensive mind. I think it's a good hire for Tulsa. I really do. You, you like that hire, don't I you? I really like the hire because I think it's as good a hire as you can get at a place like Tulsa. Because let's be honest with ourselves, in terms of resources, Tulsa does not have a lot relative to the rest of college football. And you just talked about it, Steely. They've got the smallest enrollment of any FBS institution. They're the very clear number three by a distant margin in the state of Oklahoma among FBS schools that take precedence and have relevance locally. And... It's a private school. That only complicates things when you're talking about recruiting and being able to get kids into school, right? Uh, So to get a guy with as extended a resume as Kevin Wilson and a guy who was on staff as offensive coordinator at a place like Ohio State, especially after it appeared that things fell through with G.J. Kinney, fell through with Barry Odom, I was sitting there wondering, okay, realistically, who can Tulsa get at this point? Kevin Wilson came out of nowhere. And I think it's a big-time hire for Tulsa. And I think if you're trying to build what semblance of a football powerhouse you can at a place like that, he's as qualified as anybody to make that happen. And, again, beggars can't be choosers, and I'm not saying they're beggars at Tulsa, but what I am saying is they can't – they don't have the sway to be able and – to be able to go and pluck whoever they want out of the coaching pool at the FBS level to come say, hey, be our head coach. Um, Let's see what else we got. From Johnny and UConn, if OU loses out on two of the three receivers, will they look at the receiver from Oregon, Dante Thornton? Here's what I will say, and I know this is not the case, and we're talking in a hypothetical realm here, but if Caleb Williams were still at the University of Oklahoma – you could pretty much gift wrap Dante Thornton to the Sooners. And I would think USC is probably a strong consideration for Thornton in the portal. Again, I don't know how many receivers realistically that Muleshoe can roster, but the relationship there between Caleb Williams and Dante Thornton is strong. And if he were still at Oklahoma, the Sooners would end up with Dante Thornton. Obviously, that is not the case. So that conversation is not really pertinent. I wouldn't figure OU has much of a leg to stand on right now with Thornton. Somebody asked, any chance that Colorado can get in on DJ Hicks at the last minute? Oh, my gosh. With Dion and with – wasn't there a coach who left A&M to go be with Yeah, Dion? Nick Williams. Nick Williams. Uh, Colorado doesn't have that kind of money. I mean, their AD <laughs> – 
there AD held that press conference where somebody asked him, how'd you come up with the money to hire Dion? And he said, and I quote, we don't have the money yet, but I know it's coming. Yeah, they're going to have a telethon, right? <laughs> That's a great idea. We should have an NIL, an NIL telethon. I mean, just like PBS does once a year, an NIL telethon. You have a bank of people answering phones. Be like that Parks and Rec episode. Yes. An NIL telethon. We've done it again. We have done it again. Who would be the MC? Joe C? No, you would be the MC. Joe C Steve. for MC? I don't like dressing up, though. I couldn't wear a hat, so I, you know. Joe C for MC. What would you call the Sooner Telethon? I don't know, but it, if if anyone were to come up with the idea for a telethon, an NIL telethon on these airwaves, it mm. was definitely going to be you. I, you know, they do they still answer the phones that have cords on them during telethons, like on PBS. <laughs> I think they do. When was the last time you saw a phone that had a cord on it's it in a, real life? It's been a long time, man. I'm so old. I had one of those rotary dialers, man. It took forever to call somebody. It was a lot of work. But I think they might answer phones that have cords. I mean, cords. does anybody still have a landline anymore? Do people still have landlines? I We don't. I sure don't. We get charged for one by somebody, but we don't have a landline. What? Why don't you have a landline if you're getting charged for it? If you're getting charged for it, you might as well. Who am I going to talk to? Some caveman on the landline? Who am I going to call? Yeah, I don't know. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, the NIL Telethon. If you can donate to PBS every year, and that's a fine cause, you should be able to donate to the school of your choice with an NIL. Bob Stoops, okay, everybody ready? Let's get those phones ringing, all right? So anyway, we need your money. Yeah, Bob Stoops for MC would be great. Thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group and Riverwind. We got to get out of here. See you.